Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. This is a weekly podcast where we try and help you to take practical action to navigate through the ups, the downs and occasional knotty moments of a squiggly career. We've got over 270 episodes to help you. And if there is ever a topic that you need support with, which you don't think that we have covered, then please get in touch. We will either find you the episode or we'll put it on our list of things to record. You can email us at any time, Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. But today, Today, I'm not joined by Sarah. Instead, I have somebody else in the Squiggly Careers hot seat. I have Pritesh Chowan, who is one of the people who are part of our Squiggly Careers advocate community. And this is a group that we created, a community that we created once we'd done our TED Talk last year, because we decided that one of the things that we wanted to do was to create a group of people who are connected by this desire to make careers better for everyone, because we recognise that that was how we would increase our impact and also how we would learn more about how to how to make careers better for everybody. And so today's podcast episode is going to be all about how we create communities around our career and why it's important to the starting point actually is that a community is different to a network and I think there's a really nice definition from quite an old Harvard Business Review article which we'll link in the pod sheet from Henry Mintzberg and he said that we are social animals who cannot function effectively without a social system that is larger than ourselves. This is what is meant by community, the social glue that binds us together for the greater good. And this is really why I mean that a community is bigger than a network. A network of people is people that know you and that are connected to you. But a community is social glue binding us together for the greater good. This is a group of people around what you do, not just you. And when you have a community that have social glue, that are connected by a desire for greater good, it enables you to increase your impact it enables you to build your brand. It enables you to accelerate your learning. And so in the conversation that Pritesh and myself are going to have today, we're going to talk about the experience that I've had in creating a community and also Pritesh's experience in creating communities, because as well as being part of the Squiggly Careers Advocate community, he's also head of community for an ethical trade membership organisation. So he can give you the perspectives of someone who's expert in this area, as well as someone that's experienced it directly. And we wanted to share a little bit about what it means to create a community 
and to be part of one, what we've learned works well, what we think could be even better and how we can all help ourselves to create more community in our careers. And before I introduce Pritesh, I did just want to say that one of the amazing things that Pritesh has done to contribute to our Squiggly Careers mission of making careers better for everyone is he has produced a beautiful piece of spoken word poetry about his experience as a Squiggly Careers advocate, what it's meant to him and how he thinks this message of Squiggly Careers can help everybody to succeed. So we're going to play that out at the end of the podcast today. So please listen to that. I'll also share the video video of him sharing that piece on social media so you'll see that on instagram where it's just at amazing if and we'll also post it on our amazing if linkedin group too so without further ado i'm going to introduce pritesh to the squiggly careers podcast welcome pritesh hi helen thanks for having me i'm really excited to be here so i thought we might start with just a bit of a chat about what communities we've both been part of around our career like why we joined them and what we got from them. So maybe you go first. What was a community that's been helpful for you and connected to your career? Yeah, one of the ones I've actually joined more recently is called the Marketing Meetup, which I know you know well, because I think you were on it last week. Um, <laughs> I, I joined it. I saw it online. I saw it on LinkedIn. And it was like, oh, marketing, I should probably like be in that space and hear what other people have said. And I could not tell you how much I think about the marketing meetup now, what the team and Joe and those guys do just bring so much energy in the sort of like-minded people aspect of community. They are teaching me what it means to be consistent in your communications. Like the emails that I get from Joe are fantastic. And I tell my team about them. I tell other people about them. But as a marketer, I hear from other people. It's about being current. I hear what people are doing, the tips and tricks. The network is now great. Loads of people are reaching out. So I'm just getting loads and loads of energy from those guys at the moment. And yeah, it just makes me want to tell more people and do more things. So that's a really good example for me of what community can can really do. And were you looking for a community or did you just stumble upon it on LinkedIn and thought, oh, that'd be interesting? I, I don't think I was looking for a, a community at all. I've got enough going on. We <laughs> deliberately have communities that we have responsibilities for, right? Where we live and the families and all of that stuff. There's stuff that's already there. But from my point of view, it was something that I stumbled upon. I went to one of the webinars and I was like, I understand what they're saying. And I feel like my voice can be heard. And I you know, wrote messages and people started reaching out and saying, oh, I saw you at the community. What about this? What about that? So it happened really organically. And and that's what's more exciting is because when it happens organically, it's more of a fit for you mm. rather than I need to be around my mentors. I need to be around people that taught my language. It could be pretty dry if you're in the wrong place, you know, so... I think finding your fit is really important. So in the introduction, I talked about the difference between a network and a community. And I think a network is about a number of people that you have a connection with. And there's not necessarily a bond beyond that. Whereas I think a community is where people feel like a sense of belonging because they found their fit with, you know, like-minded learners or people who share their passion or people who want to grow the same thing as you. Does that community have that, that has that fit for you? Yeah, I... I've been chewing over why communities are so important. They're so intrinsically the most natural thing that we're part of. But why do we care about them? And, you know, lots of discussions about community. It's because it's an extension of ourselves right now. It's an identity piece for us, you know, being able to say I'm part of this or part of that. So they do have an impact more than just a network that might help you find a job or help you learn something else. There's something really personal about a community and you choose where you go to your earlier point about whether I chose or not, if that fit was 
something that was a calling almost. So I think it's because of that personal touch that it means so much. So if it's an extension of you, how do you make sure that the communities that you're part of aren't just a big echo chamber, which is like this narcissistic network, right? If you're like, I'm just going to go join places of people who think like me and, and act like me and want the same things as me. But that's just sort of group thinking action. So how do you make sure that it's more than that? It's context. If you are just in a group with exactly the same people saying the same things, it's probably going to get pretty boring pretty soon okay. unless it's adding anything of value to you. And, you know, we talk about it a lot in Squiggles, but it's all about how you grow and how your pains are. So there's a lot of groups I'm part of that I see people, I'm like, oh my God, they're amazing. Or I never thought about it that way. Or they come from a completely different world to me that there's something probably quite interesting here. You have to be open to it. There's a mentality that if you want to be around people that tell you you're great or what you're doing, then I'm sure, you know, Instagram, there's a feed for that <laughs> Instagram somewhere. But for me personally, it's very much the context around that group, you know, and if it's right for you, it'll always give you something new. Yeah, and maybe there's a bit of challenge in there as well. It's not just kind of people that just kind of repeat the same things as you. I was thinking about a recent community that I bonded with and felt like I belonged to, which was this uh, yellow learning community, which I joined last year. Do you know what's interesting was somebody identified, a guy called Roland, identified that it'd be a good community for me to join, which I also think is quite interesting when people are recognizing that that would be a good community so he's like Helen I think you'd like yellow learning and I joined it and it was fascinating because it really wasn't people like me there were some academics there were some engineers there were people nobody did what I did or had worked in places that I had worked and I absolutely loved it and I think I listened a lot more because of it I think the danger of being in communities where everyone knows things that are quite similar to you Sometimes you can over-contribute because you're like, oh, yeah, I know that or I've done that or I've been there or I know that person. But actually, when you're part of a community where people are connected by, I don't know, a passion or something, not the job that they do, I was much more in listening mode because I recognise I have so much to learn <laughs> from this group of people because they've done things I've never done before and been to places that I don't know about. And I think that it's really helpful to be in learn-it-all mode in communities. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, there's a responsibility linked to any community you're part of, personally as well. So there are some where you might be a natural leader because you people look to you to give your voice or because of your expertise or something. But then there's others where people don't say anything. And actually their role is to absorb and to, to try something new and explore and learn. So I think it's identifying who you want to be in that place. I think that's a really, really good point for people to think about. Not just what communities do you want to be part of, but who do you want to be in that community? What role do you want to play? Because that might be different in different communities. Because in the Squiggly Career Advocate community, I think, well, my role is to start the conversation and bring a community together. But my role actually isn't to over contribute like I kind of want to spark something that keeps going whereas in other ones I might be like well my role in this community is to listen and question like I think it can be different in different places yeah I think with digital if, if we talk about digital for a second in terms of online communities I think a lot of people think that they can just watch and that's fine but there I've been trying to encourage people to say your opinion or your experience or your approach or perspective could actually add to this and what I found is when you chip in a thought it might be scary at first but when you see the response that you get back 
that's when everything changes because you start to feel valued and part of the conversation and then that leads to something else and in a physical capacity one of my mentors used to say to me actually what happened is every meeting town hall or something he'd always ask a question and i'd be like you ask too many questions and he's like no because people have spent hours presenting or working on this presentation have you ever presented and you'd say is there any questions and everyone just says like no and waits to go but then when one person asks you a question you feel like you're connected you feel like you're involved you feel like there's someone's heard what you're saying so it's also about just turning up for other people I'm just thinking now as you're talking there I think there's there's sort of the start point is how do you either find a community that you want to be part of or create a community that you feel would be useful for your career and I think from my perspective it'd be great to get your builds on this from my perspective creating a community has to start with like a passion that you want to scale like something that you recognize is bigger than you and so that if you can bring people to it it can be better because of it so I think anyone who's listening to this and thinking gosh, I'd actually really like to take this thing and make it bigger. I think start with passion and connect people to that. And I think if you're thinking, well, I want to be part of a community, I'm not ready to start one, but I do want to be part of one. I think maybe either ask people what communities they are part of, or maybe it's just being in observer mode a little bit more. Like, you know, like you, I guess, were a bit in observer mode when you were on LinkedIn and you just saw something and you experimented. It might not have been right for you, but you were willing to put yourself in that situation. Yeah, I think it's great advice. I think for whichever camp you're in, wherever you want to be, it's about trying something and realizing that it's always going to evolve. That's one thing about communities, whichever they are, is that they're living, breathing things and they always change and then none two are the same because I think what people are trying to do at the moment is figure out the structure. Like what is the foundation of a community? And there are some parameters and there's some rules and there's some things, but the reality is every single person in whatever community you build is going to be so unique and the thing you're talking about is unique and the time is unique a community can last for a week to build people come together to raise some money to fix something and that's done once it's done they know each other but they go and do different things or it could last forever so it's like a breathing organism so you can try it test it do something if it doesn't work for you you can leave you can do something new you know it's it's not a once i've built this house that's it it's fixed you know communities are living creatures is a big commitment to decide to create a community when you talk about consistency because it's like okay so I'm going to one of the things that I'm really passionate about is sustainability I'm going to create a community around my passion for sustainability so I can increase the impact of my work and learn from other people like that's a really clear objective as to why I might want to do it but then what I've got to do is have a monthly virtual meeting and then I've got to send out a monthly newsletter and then I've, it's, it's it's a big commitment of time which is quite an interesting you know your point earlier about like these can be a project it can be short a community can exist for six weeks around an objective or I don't know for, for six years around something what are your thoughts on that effort that it takes to create and maintain a community loads of people have said it on your podcast if, when it feels right, it doesn't feel like hard work. So if you're doing something that you care about, then you'll happily stay up and write an email because you know it's going to connect. It's connected to what you're trying to get out to people. So I would add that into the mix is that, yes, it's a lot of effort, but when it's a passion project, then that effort doesn't feel like hard work. It's towards a cause. But the other thing I was going to ask you is, like, what is success? And I think we're going to talk about impact a little bit, but... I would say don't try and boil the ocean, that classic phrase, because the reality is 
do it for a few people like get your friendlies going like figure out what those 10 people how do they want to connect okay on whatsapp let's set up a group there and then when someone else comes in you just throw them in that direction rather than trying to figure out okay i'm gonna have 500 people at some point and i'm gonna have to do a newsletter and a podcast and a da 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 because all of a sudden you're like whoa i need a team oh i don't earn any money right now oh okay maybe this is not gonna work and you can very quickly be like let's not bother start small start with your friendlies try things out from a career point of view, I just want to give you a really interesting example. When I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in terms of like starting to think about my squiggle, even before I knew that was a thing, I actually went out to people that I worked with and people that I knew, my family and friends, and I asked them, what is it about me that you value? And it's something that I did with my coach. And they all told me all these things that they value about me. So it was only 25 people that I went to and they gave me all this stuff freely happily with all their time and it's it's that sort of thing so if you're if you want to start a sustainability project go to the people that understand that language tell them your idea they'll give you other things to think about you can ask them do you want a whatsapp group facebook group what is it and then just start with them and then build it out and build it out and then see what happens and if it if it isn't the right thing in six months time well you've tried something you've talked you've got something to talk about you've got a story to tell and then you can move on to the next thing. And if it works out, then at least you've done it and started it rather than just sitting there going, how am I going to possibly manage a monthly newsletter? I think it starts more trial. We're in a digital world where you can put up a website, take it down, post something, take it down. It doesn't matter. You can try some stuff, tweak it, figure it out. I think you're right with communities. Like They can be iterative. You don't have to kind of commit to a community for life. I think you have to create it and see who comes. And that if no one comes, then it's okay. Like It's fine. Like Go try something else out. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I thought your point there around impact is something that we should talk about like what is success so I've gone I know that I'm passionate about 
design thinking. I want to create a community around that thing. Great. And I've started it off and I've found, I've found some people who also love design thinking. They want to come to my monthly chat about design thinking. Brilliant. Great. But what is success? Is that the number of people that turn up? Is it the number of like shares of our weekly session on LinkedIn? What are your thoughts about what does a successful community look like? I'm going to take you right back to the definition of community. Community, completely understood by everybody. But when I started as head of community last year, I went and asked everyone in the company, what is community? And they all told me different things. So to understand what success looks like, you have to understand what you're even doing in the first place. So write a definition of what your community stands for and actually figure out what you want to put your stakes in the ground. And then everything else should fall around that. So if you're trying to get more people to your cause because that leads to funding or donations, then it's a volumes game. But if you are trying to build awareness about something, if you're trying to get people on your side, connect to people that, you you know, be your mentor or, or support as sponsor or something, then your metrics are completely different. They're number of conversations. They are sentiments. They're you know, what comments did we get today? Like, what questions are people asking? You know, we've run virtual meetings and sometimes no one asks a question. And that's a, that's a learning point for us. Okay, what did we not set up because people didn't feel mm. open enough to write something? Or people have gone, I've come to 15 of these things, they're fantastic. That's success, right? So we've been trying to measure it in terms of the purpose that we're wrapped around. But this new thing that I'm really in, absorbed in is called the ripple effect. It's what does that actually mean? Right. So if you're trying to help workers in a different country, then working backwards to that point, it's great bringing people together. But are you shifting any of their mindset so that when they go and do their job, that's having an impact on workers in a different country? That's success. It's a longer chain. And it's this ripple effect of like, what am I setting out to do? Then what can I do as a result? And then how do I measure that? And you measure that through actual examples, case studies, stories that you can tell, people that turn up to say, I'm going to speak at your event because I've got, you know, I learned something. People that come on your podcast because they care about what you've done. All those things are success factors. So it boils down to what you actually stand for and what you're setting out to do. Because if you want to raise money, it's all about numbers. If you want to build a following to earn stuff on platforms or just to build a community, it's all about numbers. And therefore you have to play a numbers game, an engagement game and learn about likes and thumb stopping content and 30 second intros and all that stuff right it's a very tactical approach but if you're building a community around a cause then your success measures should be completely different yeah i really like that point because i think i mean from mine and sarah's perspective it's definitely a community around a cause around making careers better for everybody and so we are far less swayed by hard metrics like how many people have used the hashtag squiggly queer advocates? I mean, I don't, I don't even know. And it's not that I don't care, but the thing that I really care about, I mean, I could probably measure it if I wanted to, but it be, it's a more intuitive thing for me. It's how does the conversation continue and we've not started it? Like, I love to see in the squiggly queer advocates community, people helping people that we have nothing to do with. It is the most, because I think, but I think that's your ripple effect. It's like, well... We've put a pebble in the squiggly career ocean that has resulted in people connecting and then they continue the conversation. And the more I see people helping people in action because of some connections that we've created, the more I go, well, 
that's the power that I want from this community. And just listening to you there, I thought as we kind of come to the end of this, and before we go into your amazing spoken word piece, which I can't wait for everyone to hear, I was thinking about how could we summarise this in, into some some sort of tips and I maybe if I go kind of first if you if you build on with your experience if we do first of all if we do tips for anyone who's thinking well I have a passion I would like to create a community that are connected with this passion who can make it sort of sort of bigger than me I think my top tips on this one the first would be for me like be really clear about the purpose like it's not just a collection of people because that's sort of like a network really this is a group of people that you believe can come together to accelerate this thing and increase the impact of the thing you want to work on so I think be super clear about the purpose the second thing I would say is curate but don't constrain the conversation so the squiggly career community are talking about things that I didn't know that they would talk about and they're making connections that I didn't know that they would do and I think that's brilliant because I think your job as a you I love the language you talked about the marketing media a community leader I think that your role as a community leader is to curate the community and the conversation points but not to constrain it like let those people take it where they want to go so that would be my second point create don't constrain and then my own my own learning we've, we've we sort of touched around the edges of this is <laughs> use tech tightly and what I mean by that is the people are so used to engaging with lots of different tech tools so we like we do zooms and we do microsoft teams and we do whatsapps and we do whatever else we do and i think that if you you do need a bit of structure and i don't actually think we've got this quite right yet with our communities but i think you do need to say the conversation you know we meet monthly on zoom and then the conversation continues in whatsapp and i think you need to give people that guidance because people do want to stay connected but it goes all over the place if people are like oh if you haven't created it for them little sub communities exist and you lose the impact of it so they would be my three top tips for creating and sustaining a community anything that you would add to that so i add focus on your friendlies so start with those don't worry about those that don't come with you. They'll come when they convert, you know, make some real traction with the ones that you can build some support with and then worry about the others later. Mm-hmm. Try different approaches. You're not expected to get it right. Like I said earlier, these are living, breathing things. So actually, if this platform doesn't work or if this bit of tech doesn't work, then try something else and you, it will work better for you. It might not work better for everyone. Um, and regular feedback, updates and learning. So this is one of the things that I think a lot of people have reached out to me saying, oh, you're building an online platform. We built one because the exec told us to build one and we can't get any engagement on it. And you're like, well, what, how often are you posting on it? What are you doing with it? Have you got someone to moderate it? And it's this thing of like, just because you've got a community or you, you think you have a community doesn't mean that it is. You have to put in the effort to tell them what you're doing, feedback what you've learned, give them an update and just keep them in the loop. You know, I do a quarterly update of everything that's happened just so we can tell people that what you said and what you've done, we've heard it or we didn't hear it or we decided that we didn't want to take that route. So regular feedback, updates um, and learnings. And I think we alluded to it is be proactive in other communities. Mm. Go and learn from other people if you're trying to build one because you'll see some best practice in place that you can say, "I, I really like that, I'm going to try that. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Spend more time. And I could probably do that. But then I like it anyway. But yeah, probably do that more. And then engaging with the community. So maybe someone's thinking, well, 
I want to learn from being part of another community or maybe someone thinks well I don't necessarily want to create one but I do see the benefit of this in my career my top tips if that that if you're listening and you're thinking yes I would like to be more part of the marketing meetup or I'd like to be part of the squiggly careers advocate community I think when you find these communities what you give is as important as what you gain. And this is Pratesh's point about find a way to contribute. And you don't have to do it on day one. Like, you know, get get confident, first of all. But whether it's a I agree or I disagree or you, you know, connect with somebody afterwards, continue the conversation, what you give is as important as what you gain to sustaining a community. I think the other thing that's really beneficial is when you can support other people's work that are part of that community. So, you know, connect with them on LinkedIn, like what they're doing, send them a private message to say that you've seen it I think it's a big part of the bonds and belongings that exist in the community when you do that and then I also think just find ways to stay in touch because even if you're let's say you're part of a community and then like life and work gets in the way of you being part of it regularly you can still drop someone a message you can still say oh I really valued that presentation you gave a couple of months ago I think just find ways so that your engagement doesn't I guess stagnate you could just just think about how you can stay in touch with people even if you can't make the you know the monthly conversations or whatever it might look like what about your thoughts of being part of communities any other top tips you talked about it in finding your next role in a couple of podcasts back where you list the things that you like so you know I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn because that's where like-minded people are and these communities exist so Step one, if you're on LinkedIn and you think about your career and you want to be exposed to different things, then go on, type in the thing that you do or you want to do and find the groups that exist and start reading what they're doing. So like the obvious thing for your career is is that. But on Instagram, if you like things and you think, oh, that would be really interesting. You know, I've got a friend that recently started a whole like catering thing because the pandemic, because they just loved all this fancy gourmet, like plating up of dishes and parties and all that. It's now fully fledged business because it was an interest that they moved into that. So don't forget about the things that you care about. Work and life is like this thing that exists, you know, in harmony. So if you like spoken word poetry, then you find channels and people, and then somehow, somewhere, you end up connecting the dots. And yeah, it's the collect the dots to connect the dots piece. So yeah, always remember who you are and what you care about, and then find those communities, because you don't know where that's going to end up as well. So... First of all, Patesh, thank you for your time in sharing your insights and your wisdom and your experience building communities. And also in collecting and connecting dots. You mentioned there your spoken word poetry as an example. And you generously and amazingly wrote a piece all about the squiggly careers community so I thought what we might do if it's okay with you today is close out this episode of the squiggly careers podcast with your amazing spoken word piece about what it means to be part of the squiggly careers uh, community you you comfortable with that yes thank you that'd be great thanks for this discussion it's been really interesting I would love to share that with you now Okay, well, Pritesh, over to you to close us out on the podcast. Wouldn't it be amazing if your dream job was less of a dream and more of a reality, where career success wasn't determined by how far or how quick you progress, but by realising your true potential and unlocking endless opportunity, where there's no route to the top, no glass ceiling, no waiting in line, where we're less preoccupied with promotions and pay raises and proving to others that now is our time? And wouldn't it be amazing if our careers were more squiggly and less ladder-like, where each sidestep, each twist and each turn is an exciting extension of our skills and experience where we grow, where we make an impact and where we learn. 
A squiggly career is a path full of uncertainty and possibility, where the future is determined by your aspirations, what you work at and who you want to be. There's no one size fits all for the definition of success and our squiggles are so tremendously unique to us that they differentiate you from the rest. Okay, and as great and as lovely as that sounds, wouldn't it be amazing if there was somewhere you could go that gave you all the guidance, the tools and the tips for you to know how to plan and practically shape the ideal career for you, backed by an army of like-minded squigglers collaborating and supporting for you to see it through. Career destinations are a thing of the past. Moving frequently and fluidly between roles, industries and locations means our journeys can be multiple and vast. See, I grew up in the 80s when ladders were strong. You had a job for life, your loyalty to a company was deep and your time was long. So naturally, I dreamt of my own steps to the top. From marketing assistant, to marketing exec, to marketing manager, to senior marketing manager. I was climbing, I was jumping, I was rising non-stop. But then the wheels started to spin. There was nowhere to go. I was told, you need to wait for a director to leave for your chance to grow. I pushed and I waited and boy, did I get frustrated. I invested so much of me, it was plain for everyone to see that my loyalty, my skills and experience should have propelled me to where I was destined to be. Weeks turned to months, months turned to years. Every development conversation would just heighten my fears. And then one cloudy day, I saw a post from one of my peers, excited and inspired by this book called Squiggly Careers. The post demanded that I stop for a minute and ask myself a profound question that would prove quite revealing. Is the obvious next step really the most appealing? Something clicked, a new world unlocked. I explored and I read and I learned a lot about myself, my strengths. I identified my values. I built up my network. My confidence grew and I opened up the possibilities of a future that I get to choose. With my new idea of what success could mean, I had many curious conversations about roles I had never considered right for me. The excitement of exploring something brand new and then realising that it's the dream role for you is so amazing. I realised then that if you're not focusing on your strengths, your values, your confidence, your network and your future, then who is? Start right now. Everything you need is right here. Podcasts, pod mail, practical pod sheets, a pod plus and more. You coach you. Whether you like it or not, careers are changing. Let your values be the compass to lead the way. Be a learner tool. Take control and be brave. And now, when anyone asks me what they should be focusing on this year, without question, I'll be telling them to embrace their squiggly career. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast all around how to build and be part of communities. I hope you've learned a lot. Let us know. Let us know if you'd like some other guest seats when Sarah and I are on holiday. You can always email us with feedback. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com and the pod sheet that supports today's episode that will summarise some of those ideas for action, some of those tips to take away will be in the description for this episode. Sarah and me will be back with another episode next week. But bye for now, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 